Hello everyone and welcome back to the Ishan Shastri podcast. My name is Cameron and I'm joined by the delectable and very successful this week, Jesse Mills. How are we? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, decent week. Decent week, we'll get to that in a moment. And Ash Shastri, are you still under the sea in a submarine this week, Ash, or can we actually hear you this week? I think you should be able to hear me. That's good news, but... Let's get back to Jesse's successful week. He is a hundred scorer in a T20 games. All those haters out there, look at him now. You told him to go away and play the game. He went away and he He did what Virat couldn't do. He He can can bat. bat. He can bat. So tell us, Mills, why was your innings better than Virat's? Um, Don't think it was. Definitely didn't play any shots like Vera. Definitely didn't play any shots like Harry Brook. But uh, just enough to scrape to 100 in 40 balls. You're selling yourself short, Mills. I heard <laughs> it was one of the greatest innings of all time. That's what I've heard on the grapevine. And that, by the way, is you on the group chat. Absolutely not claiming that. Not even remotely. But if they bowl bad balls, you've got to put them away here. I was going to say, there's uh, two members of the podcast this week who scored hundreds. I got one too. So, Ash, did you score 100? I only got to play like one game this season. I scored 67 in that. So, in other words, you've let the side down, Ash. You've let the side down. Exactly, exactly. And we're yeah. looking for new co-hosts. Send Perhaps, in your play yeah. cricket stats, everyone. It's all right. I can go ask around the... Uh... Glasgow leagues because there's a few blokes that have played in that that have scored a few hundreds this week. All right, let's let's. There's been a plenty of proper cricket being played uh, this week. We've got World Cup qualifiers, we've got women's Ashes, and we've got, of course, the men's Ashes. The first test just being completed recently. Let's crack on with the World Cup qualifiers. I just know a few snippets, so I'm going to pass this over to my associate nation correspondent. Mr. Jesse Mills, tell us a quick overview of what has been going on. Uh, so, like I said, a couple of centurions from the uh, Glasgow leagues. Scotland have been absolutely bossing it. They're three from three. They've got a big playoff against Sri Lanka tomorrow for the top spot in the group. And that means they'll take maximum points through to the Super Sixes. So it's groups of five and the top three go through. But any points you've got against the teams in your group... Like you already carry over, you don't play them again. So they've already beaten Oman, Ireland and the UAE. Playing Sri Lanka tomorrow, whoever wins that takes four points through to the next round. Loser takes two and then Oman are taking zero because they've played all their matches. Ireland yeah. are out, that's pretty big. And then in the other group, which just finished, Zimbabwe absolutely stormed it, went four from four, mm-hmm. scored 400 in a game. Netherlands finished second in that group, beating the West Indies in an unbelievable match, chased 370 and then hit 30 off a super over. So the West Indies are taking zero points through and uh, potentially going to struggle big time to qualify out of the But they're not out, is that right, the West Indies? Yeah, so I think there's a way in which... It's only the top two qualifiers. I think there's the way out of this group that if they win their next two matches, a whole bunch of teams finish on four points and it goes down to net run rate. Um, But yeah, not great from the West Indies. They've got a strong side out, I saw. 
I don't see that happening at all because uh, Zimbabwe is going to be on four anyway and uh, so will one of uh, Lanka or Scotland. All they'll have to do is just win one game out of the next three. Next yes, three, yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the other three, three, three that is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so West Indies could get up to six. So it is very unlikely. I don't know what, what the format is after that if it's just the top two from each group. Not very well prepared. Um, not been the main focus. So what, so it looks like off the top of our heads, Zimbabwe and maybe going on tomorrow's game, like Sri Lanka or Scotland. Are these the two favourites to be going through? Absolutely, yeah. Ah. Yeah. That's good. And then you know that Bangladesh and Afghanistan are already through, I think. Top eight, yeah. Qualified by yeah. being top eight. Well, to be, to be f- fair to all the minnows, yeah. It's, they should have honestly played the proper full-size World Cup anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's an absolute joke that this is... I think even at the barest of the bare minimum, they should have at least 14 teams. Mm, yeah, like I, I, I w- worked out a formula of 15 teams with the three groups of five. That kind of gives you somewhere around 50 games, something what they have been wanting for a very long time anyway. And uh, gives every team a fair shout at it as well. Is 50 games too much? Well, we in the current format, we are going to play 48. So like a couple of games here and there doesn't matter much. Fair enough, fair enough. And based on the quality of the games that have been played, these shouldn't be like side events. These should be like front and centre. Scotland chased against Ireland off the last ball. West Indies... Zimbabwe, 750 runs in a match, and then a super over. Um, upsets everywhere. There's been a few unfortunate ones, like Zimbabwe have absolutely battered the USA uh, today by 300. But that's just a sign of a team that's playing very, very good cricket. But um, is the worry that if you threw them all into the World Cup, you're going to have over half the games of these these guys playing the big six, big eight and in the most part, you might have the odd shock being quite one-sided matches. Honestly, it would still be more interesting to me to see some new faces than to just watch Australia play India for the 17th time this year. Fair enough, Mr Mills. Fair enough. You made your case well. The ICC mm. shall hear it. Well, the entire argument by the ICC was of the fact that they wanted to minimise these games uh, played with minnows. But I think that's the beauty of the game, that you get to see these kind of minnows uh, here and there playing and beating all the big ones. That's, that's, the, that's the beauty of cricket. Yeah. It just costs a lot of money, doesn't it? To put on a game like Zimbabwe versus um, Bangladesh or something in a country that isn't one of those two, you're going to get very minimal interest. It puts a lot to put on a game of international cricket and you're not going to get much of that money back, I think is a lot of it. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to put these sort of things on to grow the game. And that's when you start making your money back, when you make the game bigger. Not all given to the Indian. Been down this road too many times, don't really, don't really yeah, want precisely. to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about the big nations, let's get on to the biggest stories in cricket at the moment. That is the Ashes series. Uh, we'll, we'll kick it off with the women's test match. Sadly, their only test match of this their unique Ashes series, which just concluded today with the 
Australian team coming out, the victors. Brilliant test match. Uh, thank goodness they had a five-day five test match. We had highlights of a 10-wicket ten, ten haul across the game for Sophie Eccleston, double 100 for Tammy Beaumont, uh, Annabelle Sutherland getting a 100 from eight, I think, and Ash Gardner with an eight for uh, to win the game for Australia. Boys, I don't know how much you caught of this test match, but give me your thoughts quickly on it. Let's start with you, Ash. Well, I saw a few things here and there. I saw Sophie Eccleston get some poles. She bowled rather well uh, throughout the game. Mm. Then uh, the mighty Australian batters, they were superb. Like, for them, it, it kind of like uh, business as usual. Yeah. And then uh, we saw one... Uh, Long overdue innings from Tammy Bowman about uh, how good she is in the sort of class she has. Sandwich and Kent's finest, Tammy Bowman, yes. Well, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like she kind of gives you that uh, Ian Bell kind of a vibe, Ian Bell of women's cricket. Classy batter. Yeah, I think uh, it was a good uh, advertisement for women's cricket overall because we don't get to see... Many such tests, like Indian legends, like Mithali Raj and all the other players, she ended up playing three or four tests her whole career. Mm. So I'm happy that they are playing tests, and I sh- I would love to see them play at least three, if not five. Did you see that stat where it was like, congratulations to Elise Perry in her 16th uh, year as an international cricketer, reaching the milestone of playing half the amount of test matches as Cameron Green has? Unbelievable. Yep. That 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 was crazy. Yeah, it needs to be addressed. It really does. I think they what should about, play at least like three tests. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mills, what what were your thoughts on the on the game? I thought it was just all around a very good game of cricket, and in particular, a really good advertisement for women's test cricket. So I think it was the first not drawn women's yeah, test yeah. genuinely for like eight years or something ridiculous because they've because they've all been four days. Um, They've all been draws. Um, the fact that it was five days, the pitch gave something to everyone at different points. There was plenty in it for batters, and then it sort of wore out and gave a bit more to the bowlers as they went on. Great bag from both sides, some great spin bowling from Gardner and Eccleston. Um, something that really excited me was seeing yeah. Lauren Filer on debut, really cranking it up. Um, now that Catherine Silverbrunt's coming to the end of her career, um, needs someone to step up and take over from her and Lauren Filer looks really Wong. good. I'd love to see. It won't happen, but I'd like. Lo- I'd love to see uh, Filer, Izzy Wong, and yeah. KSB in the same team. Just the equivalent of Wood, Stone, and uh, Archer just running yeah, in and yeah. bumping people nonstop. But yeah, really good that it went to a fifth day. Really good that there were free tickets for the last day. Um, can't bemoan Australia the win. I think. They were marginally the better team. Um, uh, the toss definitely was big. Um, but I actually re- also really like the multi-format Ashes series. Yeah. Do I you kind of hesitate and say, would you like something similar in the men's? I would like to see it in the men's game. Not necessarily yeah. for the Ashes, but maybe for something else. Maybe like where we get a series against like New Zealand or some of these teams that only yeah. play two one or two test matches to give some context to the entire series rather than just two test matches that 
well, they go towards the World Test Championship, but put them into something else and go, you could win the two Test matches, but if you won all the ODIs yeah, like and the T20s that. on the tour... Um, I think that could be like could a, level a, it up. I think a it would. tour success kind of a thing. You can have like a whole tour trophy where you give uh, some sort of points to every single game. Mm. And whoever earns more points wins. That's what it's kind of is. I think it should not be done for the Ashes, but for all the other formats, uh, other formats rather, like all the other kind of series and tours, this could be a good option. Because let's be honest, other than India and obviously the, the Ashes, they don't need the extra context being given to them. But I agree, in those in, in those series where you have just the two test matches, uh, but and they always seem to add on like five ODIs for some reason. Give some context to all of it. I like that idea. So going into the white ball leg of the women's ashes, is there any hope for England? And I say this, they're very, very talented side England, but this Australian side is just goaded. And like you have to just, you know, doff your cap. They are a wonderful, wonderful team. How do we see this playing out? Is it only one way? Or do do England in England conditions in I don't really know if that's a thing in white ball cricket have any kind of a chance? What are our thoughts on this? Well, they are an absolute juggernaut of a team. I think they won the last World Cup without even going uh, beyond seventy percent mm. of their full potential. Yeah, like they are the sort of sort of a side you would want to make in your fantasy league or something. If Harpreet Kaur like could that. put down her, her bat when running, they might have had a a bit of a tricky now, one in that semi-final. Now, now but then uh, they cannot be blamed for a brain fade moment of, or like a moment of stupidity from a player. You've got to put your bat in. You can't just take it so <laughs> casually. And that too against like perhaps the, the best team in the format uh, of all time. Yeah, it was an odd one. Yeah. That's the thing about Australia. They're just like ruthlessly professional and that's what makes them so good. And it shows that they've yeah. been professional for much longer than the other countries. They, you have, There's more people playing. It's been professional for longer. There's more incentive. You have to be better. And they're not one of these teams that has done very well and said, oh, you know what, we'll take it and enjoy the success and sort of float along from there. They're determined to go forward, to mm. win every game, to break records. And as long as they keep improving, and they're definitely improving, with the professionalism they've got, it's going to be very, very hard for anyone to catch up. You're looking at 10, 20 plus years down the line until the difference in how long both countries have been professional, whoever they're playing against, until that becomes less of a factor yeah. so yeah uh, Australia to win that Ashes okay well not sure about the other one let's go on to the other one then it's ah, <sighs> uh, I don't know if England's narrative of saving test cricket can save my heart after one test match <laughs> it was sufficiently broken mm. Edgebaston <sighs> Ash, I come to you with this one. Was it a brilliant advertisement for the game or should Basball be thrown into the bin and we play like a proper sensible nation again? Well, I would say uh, it 
did pull the crowd in, that's for sure. You had people coming in. And uh, you had people in which probably you would have expected anyway when it came to an Ashes series. But having said that, uh, you can have some more people added to Test Cricket and uh, who would be very keen to watch the game. Then if you keep uh, just playing in a single gear without having absolute disregard to the need of the hour, the situation, the way the game is going and what your team needs, then uh, you would perhaps end up losing more substantial games than uh, anything else. Because I, I can see the the uh, the footprint of uh, the Brendan McCallum style, the Brendan McCallum approach in the way the Aussies, uh, the, 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 the English have been playing and the way they have been targeting the Aussies. One classic example being the field... Uh, uh, they said to get uh, Khawaja out. Mm. I think that had McCallum written all over it. That's the sort of thing which McCallum would do. And he needed a captain as uh, uh, adventurous as Stokes to be able to pull such a thing off. But then, with all his uh, flamboyance and ag- uh, aggression, McCallum mm. had nothing to show for it in terms of uh, big games. He lost the battle on uh, at key points and ended up... Uh, losing big games like the same happened with England as well I would say the declaration in the first innings was well we're going to we're going to get to that Ash I pause you just quickly because I'm going to go through some of the key parts in order because it was such a historic at times test match first ball I can't make the noises that I made when I would love you to try and recreate it but Pat Cummins, new ball, first ball of this huge Ashes series into Zach Crawley, arguably the man with the biggest pressure on him in this England batting lineup, and he crunches the ball for four through the covers. What a statement, what a moment. It was cheered like a wicket, I'd say, from the crowd, who were brilliant throughout the Test match. What a way to start the series. And then... Root, the goat, getting to another century. I think it's his 30th now. Just in total control. And then at the end of the first day, 20 minutes to go, whatever it was, or half an hour. Root on, what was it, 114, something like that. Ollie Robinson holding an end up well for him. Not quite clearing the 400 mark. And what does Stokes do? He declares before the end of the first day on the first test match so that he could get 20 minutes at the Aussie openers. Obviously, in hindsight, it didn't quite play out the way he and I would have hoped. But what were you feeling at the time, Jesse? It's very hard to tell. It's very hard to remember at the time. I remember mm. thinking it was very flat. And I loved the idea, but it was very optimistic um obviously england have a fantastic Uh, record of bowling teams out recently um, and a lot of that comes down to the aggressive declarations so i think can only really talk Mm. about it in hindsight and in hindsight all we could see was how i've got i didn't like it at the time but we're also we're also yeah 
I liked it. I think it showed that they were clearly going to stick mm. to the plans that they've set before. They weren't going to change their approach because of playing Australia. They weren't going to change their approach because of the Ashes. Which is interesting. Australia yeah, went about it a very different way. They really did change their approach. Um, but all I can think about is in hindsight that actually we're maybe an inch away. Yeah, Stokes course, takes a course. catch on the last day. Yeah, and that yeah. decision goes from being a match-winning yeah. one that yeah. saves it from being a draw into yeah, a match-losing one. So it really is a very, a very, very fine margin. Um, I love. I, I know you. You are a huge fan. Let's move on to the then the Aussie innings, which Usman Khawaja. Well, we'll talk about it across, I guess, both innings. What a Test match he had. Uh, the real stalwart of that Australian side. He came to these shores with a bit of a question mark. I'm not over his recent form, but his, what you know, his performances in England. Maybe the pitch helped. You know, you hear Anderson coming out saying it was kryptonite to these, uh, to those kind of bowlers, our bowlers. But he was superb, wasn't he, guys? He his temperament throughout the game really, you know, shouldered the pressure that England did place on this Australian side, especially that top order. I think he raised the most number of questions uh, against the baseball style of England because mm. he played the the quintessential classic boring test cricket and succeeded the hands down. Yeah. He showed that there is no replacement to just staying at the crease and scoring those hard tough runs and be in control of things. Yeah. He played the traditional test cricket and succeeded. So it was quite uh, like delightful to see that uh, despite all the advancements in test cricket, it is still the classic way of uh, grit and determination that takes you much more further than what it would do if you were to just like smash four sixes in and over and then uh, uh, get out trying to slog a fifth one. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've, I loved his innings. I, we then moved to England's second innings, where they had a, a small lead. And the, the, the point I want to highlight here for discussion: there was no runs scored off this delivery. There was no wickets taken, but it was the very first ball of the fourth day, which saw Joe Root, England's. <laughs> Greatest test bats when I'm saying it now. Stride to the crease and try and reverse lap, scoop, dog, whatever you want to call it. I think it was Pat Cummins, wasn't it? And miss it. And then did he did he try it again the very next ball? Yep. Next to next door. Next no, he tried next over to Bowling. Bowling. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I get the Boland one a bit more. You have, you think, I think you but have more listen, of a feeling I, I, the balls Can I go. throw this to you, Mills? Like, okay, I, I agree, man. Like, this this series is going to be incredible. Uh, who knows which way it's going to go, uh, you know. And Australia are a great side. But Jesus Christ, it's the first ball. Have you seen the Phil Tufnell thing for Test Match Special? It's like, his head's in his hands, which I understand is like, this. that's kind of what they want. They kind of... It's it's like a comedian going after trying to like this offensive style of humor. They want to shock people. This is what I'm feeling because they are shocking me, and I love it. 
But it also, when I'm a supporter of the side, I wish I was Ash watching this going, this is just the most great fun. Because Jesus, it, it, it scares the heebie-jeebies out of me. But how did you, how did you see that, that first ball and how they kind of went after trying to set a total for Australia? Right. I, I loved it. Um, I think it went over to the point of recklessness, but that wasn't with the reverse ramps and that. I, if you looked at Joe Root's average yeah, play in that, he's got out playing it once. And yeah. And he's not backed down, he's not put it away. Yeah. He knows that actually he's yeah. he's yeah. never missed one on his stumps. So he's not getting bold. What are the chances of him actually getting out to it? Mm-hmm. He's scored an awful lot of runs for it. And it just really to be it's fair, gonna get probably... in your head as a bowler, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Because you're you're now going Classic test match cricket. I'm going to hit fourth, fifth stump, top of off, whatever. No. That's not. I think a safe I am ball more upset with us handing our wickets to Nathan Lyon of all people. Yeah, absolutely. I the reverse ramp isn't the reckless shot. Yeah, but some of the dancing down the wicket. Root's never no, been stumped no, in yeah. his career up until then. Uh, but he's looked so. He looks so smooth mm-hmm. and composed playing all these other shots. And then the first time he doesn't look in control is when he comes down and has a massive swipe at it. And yeah, Nathan Lyon, hate yeah, to see him was, get wickets, yeah. but he really was the difference. Australia had a fully functioning yeah. and bowling quite well spinner. And go, just quickly going back to Kawaja, I think one of the reasons for his success is that what should have been our greatest weapon yeah. against him an off-spinner. I think part of his reasons for his struggles against England in the past mm-hmm. were probably Graham Swan. The fact that we didn't have a fully functioning off-spinner really helped him and really that's where Australia won the match, yeah. Yeah. I think. like Obviously, that is another point. Moeen Ali's finger, uh, he, he produced that wonderful delivery to Travis Head, but other than that, he... A lot of pressure was let go by by Moen Ali's bowling. I felt. I think. I think going back to Moen Ali uh, uh, meant that everything that English cricket did in baseball was totally undone by such a regressive move, which was so uh, short-sighted. I guess he probably would have played maybe these five tests and nothing else beyond that which was proven right after the first game itself, that he had some uh, some niggle first up, then he had that bruise on his finger, he lost some of his money, and honestly, they could have just gone with the that, that kid, what's his name, Rehan Ahmed, if I'm not wrong. Well, obviously, he's now been added to the to the test squad for Lords, but he, we'll get to the, our teams for yeah, a Yeah, but then, later. then why, not, why not go with one of uh, your younger ones? Like, why not... Uh, Give them a chance. They did the same with Rashid. Didn't work out. They brought back Moin Ali. Didn't work out as well as they would have hoped. And uh, to be honest, Moin's like that's, yeah, the I, most basketball cricket. That's I well, think I, of well yeah, it's a hundred percent vibes. In English conditions, Joe Root is a much better bowler than Moin Ali uh, in uh, the current scenario. In English conditions, Ben Compton's a much better bat than Zach Crawley. No, but but if they, if, like, that's no, no, but if they wanted someone they're looking that, in for, fact, is it? they could have gone for Liam Livingston. No, that's mad. 
who is not even remotely a test bowler. He's half-decent part-timer, can slog a few, give you those 50-ball 80 runs, and then can change the course of the game. Yeah. Has never played test cricket before. No. Don't think that's even a moderately sensible option. Um, Moeen, like, he's just is pure basball, isn't it? It's attacking off-spin. It's attacking batting. And people love to chant And... It's just taking a punt and going, you know what, yeah, I back myself yeah. to be up for this. And I guess he, they got it wrong and he got it wrong mm. in saying that he was ready. Well, we'll again, we'll talk about our 11s for Lords in a moment, but let's just finish off this test match. I, I wanted to bring up, the thing that worries me most going forward is kind of how well, but how badly Labashane and Smith did in this test match collectively and how we did not capitalise on that. This does scare me going forward. Hopefully we have some secret source now against these two, but to me it just seems, you know, you're not going to keep these two great batsmen down for long. This was a real missed opportunity. Usman stood up, was superb. Carey in the first inning, Green was good-ish in both. Um, But let's get to it. Eight down mills. What were you feeling? I have to be honest. I, I, because you, that final day, they had that win predict and it was just bouncing around, wasn't it? Sometimes it was like 51% to one side, 49 to the other. Then it suddenly jumped to 70 to one of them, 70 to the other. But I've got to be honest with you, when they needed, what was it, 60? Was it 60 or 80 with two wickets left? Something like that. Maybe it was 60. I really thought it was 85% us the thing- in our hands there. What, what about you, Mills? The big, the biggest problem I thought was I didn't know who I wanted to be bowling, apart from yes. well, I wanted Stuart Broad. At I wanted Ollie Robinson, but I had no clue who I wanted to bowl at the other. Ollie Robinson's pace had dropped all match. Yeah, Jimmy had struggled all match. Mo couldn't really bowl. Stokes wasn't for me. Fit. I wanted Robinson because he um, bowled accurately at the tail in the in the uh, first innings, like the short stuff. No, it wasn't quick, but it was at the throat and I thought that was what was needed what I didn't like where they pushed off taking the new ball but they were having success with the short pitch deliveries as we were saying earlier Ben Stokes cat or non-catch and then suddenly they took the new ball when I heard Broad speak about it in the first uh, maybe the night before on Sky saying the easiest time to bat is with the new ball because there is no real movement and then I assumed when they took the new ball, I wasn't upset they took it, but I actually thought that meant look, this is going to have a bit more zip off the off the off the wicket, and we're still going to go short with a bit more zip now. But they brought the field in and tried to nick them off, which I know normally, you know, commentators and probably us fans are like we like that because we're not doing the short pitch stuff continuously. But I thought that's not what the situation needed. Uh, but you know, we have to come in. What a captain's knock, getting his side over the line. Lion did his bit as much as that hurts as well. Look, it it sets up the series so well. It, it's somewhat redemption in a way for Headingley, you know, kind of. I, I think, think Headingley, it, it is perhaps the most uh, complete redemption stories of all time. Like Lion missed that run out and he got drawed by Stokes of all people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that four was hit of Pat Cummins and he ended up scoring the winning run. So it was yeah. kind of like everything coming in full circle. But, but the the important thing is that we are all massively excited for this next. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like 
I was going to say it was uh, all in all a great advert for what uh, test cricket is all about. Even yeah, for those absolutely. newbies who think that a uh, ram shot in test cricket is still cool. Even playing like that, it went to day five. Yeah. The women's test went to day five. Yeah. Whoever thinks fucking Bunsen burners in the subcontinent and two absolutely, days, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, we've, we've kept them listening all this time, Mills, and now they've all turned off. Well done. <laughs> well, we got half an hour in, didn't we? Uh, let's go forward to that next test match. Uh, my favourite bit being the uh, photo come out where Ben Duckett's standing on <laughs> on like the chair legs or whatever it is, so he looks taller in the photo. What a go! I love it. Uh, what do we do quite quickly? Australia, do they stick or do they bring Stark into this test? And if so, for who? Stark in for Boland, I think. I mean, he's used to bowling on flat pitches. Will yeah. we get a flat pitch? Mm. Will England spice it up? Don't know. But England were really able to get after him, potentially because mm. of his predictability. Quite possibly, but I would rather face um, Stark if there is a bit of something in the wicket than Boland. Yeah, so I think that's probably a morning of decision. Rest of them, nothing needs to be done. Labuschagne's apparently rem- learned that Broad can bowl an outswinger <laughs> and has adjusted, so he'll be fine. That was unbelievable. The fact when Broad went, I, I've got an outswinger now. Yeah. I'll get him. And I saw that the first, yeah, first one ball. he got minus <laughs> with was an outswinger. Felt good. I'm just so so excited for this. For I don't think Australia need to change. Well, England's else, definitely more where the questions. Are on because Moen Ali is he fit? I think if he's fit, he is going to play. Uh, and I, th- I've got this inkling that that is what's going to happen because he has come out and said that his finger is is okay. But they have no idea that if after ten, fifteen overs, it might break out again. For me, I think you've got to take him out. And I said before, but it doesn't matter now. My pick was Liam Dawson, who you know, as I'm Mystic Meg. The day after, I think, scored 140, I don't know, got a ton, and, and his average has been super good uh, this year. But they've brought Ryan Ahmed in, very exciting player. I think just, you know, Roots off spin, and now Ryan Ahmed's leg spin, bugger it, just go for it. Uh, do you both agree with me here? If you, we have the choice, we go Ahmed over Ali, or would you stick with Ali, even though the question mark's over his fitness? I would have gone with Ahmed regardless. Okay. What about you, Mills? Yeah. Would have would have gone yeah. for Liam Dawson, but given the choice between the two, I'm probably still going. Ooh, interesting. Moeen. Okay. okay. I I just don't. I honestly don't think either of them are up to it. I'd love. I'd love to be proved wrong, but if you're gonna. Take someone who's definitely well. We know that Mo definitely isn't up exactly, to it. Exactly, exactly. Don't know about Rehan. So in that aspect, I think you've got. Yeah, but that's different, isn't it? That was you know. Yeah. Away. No, but I, I I guess you can bowl him down slope to see if something yeah. happens. You can bowl him from the the pavilion in. The, uh, I just. I think he's got more chance of getting out the tail than Mo. You know. Personally. Anyway, uh, on that, the seamers, that's the other part for me. I think Mark Wood has to come into this side. Absolutely, for Ollie Robinson. I think with all the chatter he has. See, no, no, that, see, now you've fallen into the trap, Ash. This, mm-hmm. is, the, this is the best thing of this, Ash. Is, is the, I think we've won. 
if we may go on to lose 5-0, but I think England have won because of how the Australian nation and legends alike have bitten to the goat that is Ollie Robinson. I am loving this. Hayden, Ponting, Clark, I love it. I love that they're all jumping down his well, throat. He's got a better test average than a bloody Cummins. On day five, he didn't look like taking a wicket. Uh, and you would need to take wickets to win the game. And the way I look at the way I look at that pitch, two days out, it looks uh, something you would find in New Zealand. It's absolutely green. Uh, I think that will change in the next two days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean anything at Lords. The one who really you say in the last day, Robinson didn't look like he had any zip. Jimmy Anderson didn't look like he had any zip the entire time. Not sure he's not sure he's fully fit. I think he'll have a big part to play in this Ashes, but I'd probably be looking yeah, at leaving him out breathing. for Mark Wood. Um, and then we, we have to fit Ben Folks mm. in somewhere. For if Folks had played sake. that last test, we would have Folks won it. For, Folks for Brook. For Brook. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No. That's no, that's the what? only way he's going. Yeah. Yes. Well, folks for Stokes, but you can't drop the captain. If you take Stokes out and put folks in, you have the best performing cricket team. Look, the only one who's got... It's not going to happen. I think we know what the top seven is. But for me, it would be Pope. And you muddle about the order somewhere. Maybe put Brooke up to three or something. That would be what I would do. Personally. Brooke up to three. But they're not going to do that, and they're sticking no, with Bairstow. No, no. So I look forward to a couple of drop catches and a few missed dumpings. Uh, boys, let's have a prediction quickly for this Laws Test match. You know, very quick. Who do we think is coming out on top? England winning the series 3-2. Yeah, Australia 2-1. I would uh, say perhaps Australia 3-1. But no, no, for this Test match. For this for Test Lord's match, test I, would match. Say, I would say Australia to come out on top. Yeah, I've, I've got a bad feeling about it. But I kind of like the England 3-2. They could go two down and rise to the last three. That would be something, wouldn't it? Okay, boys. Um, you know, I hope I don't have the tears at the end of this test match like I did the last. Oh, and I just don't want Nathan Lyon to be happy. But anyway, let's... Fingers crossed. It's been lovely talking to you both. You forgot the poll, Cam. Oh, the poll. How could I forget the poll? What, what do you want as the poll this week, Ash? Well, we can have it at the Ashes. Who's going to win it? Oh, right. well, there you go. Imaginative. I like it. Okay, guys. Lovely to speak to you all. See you anon. Au revoir. Yep. See ya. <laughs>